no, yeah, it's, it's your enthusiasm is like really infectious. Welcome back to Between Realities. My name is Alex VR. I am joined here by my co-host Skiva. Skiva, how the hell are you, sir? Pretty good. I'm hanging in there, man. I've been excited all week for, for another awesome show. We are super, super stoked mm -hmm. uh, to be here on episode three of our second season. Um, quick shout out to the chat. Aspen, Darkfire, and AltVR have been here for yeah, a while yeah. since before the show started. So thank What's you up, guys, guys? For, for being here early. <laughs> Limitless Gaming is here. Um, Lucas is also in the chat, who, by the way, is our guest today. So we should probably not waste any time. Joining us right uh, now yeah, from yeah, the future yeah. is Mr. Lucas Risotto. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hello. Dude, thank you so much for being here, man. Mm. Dude, it's such a pleasure, especially in, in, in this kind of environment. Yeah, you know, I mean, living in the future and being from the future, I'm sure you're used to things uh, like yeah. this. It's probably not your first rodeo and something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fly around between, between realities and get her done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, dude, seriously, like, beyond stoked to have you. I mean, I was, I was legitimate legitimately a fan of yours before i saw your amazing youtube video which i'll go ahead and say is like literally up there with one of the best fucking youtube videos i've ever seen in my life Agreed. like the production quality like the humor the subject matter it's about vr like everything about that video was like mm -hmm. absolutely fucking amazing so like hat goes off to you if i was wearing it take your hat off ski i'm just kidding <laughs> like, thank you man like you did uh, you made an amazing video Thanks. It was, uh, yeah, it was a labor of love. I didn't know if people were going to care about it. I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to find out if I could make projects for YouTube that people cared about in a really, you know, in a way that I wouldn't get compared to Michael Reeves, which is really hard. Because Michael <laughs> Reeves is the fucking king um, of, of, of the space. And yeah, I just spent like three months of like, I'm just going to do the best video that I can. And if it doesn't work, it means that it's just not for me because I tried my best. Um, but if it does work, then now I have to do something that's even better. And yeah, fuck. that sucks. <laughs> well, I know uh, I'll speak for everyone when I when I say that everyone's excited to see uh, everything that that you're going to be doing. Like, I mean, I'm just stoked that we got you on the show now. Like before mm -hmm. you're like fucking blown up and like off like to the races and way too busy <laughs> chats like this. So. Um, you know, I've honestly, I've been wanting to have a chat like this since I saw you, uh, at, at OC six, you were on a panel at that like little art gallery in OC six and people were talking about like relationships and intimacy, uh, on that panel. And, you know, people are just kind of going around talking about like anecdotal experiences and thing like things like that. And then it goes to Lucas and he drops some fucking truth, like boom, like talking about like some real, like the you know definition of intimacy kind of thing and you know i'm curious since then have you spent any, do you spend any time in social vr and like have you had any experiences that like kind of speak to your perspective uh that you were sharing with us at oc6 that time um 
I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of social VR to be honest. I get bored in it very easily. And and now that all social platforms have implemented bubbles in the way that they've implemented them, where you can't even really high five with anyone and your bodies disappear, um, it's been it's become like so sterile to the point that I can't um, I don't get anything out of it anymore. However, um, it's as a teenager where like I hardly had any friends. Um, social VR would have been like my holy grail just because of able to go out into worlds and interact with people and make friends and spend my time with, you know, human beings with a body. Um, so it definitely has its uses. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's really, you know, and although I am still bullish on it just because everyone's doing the same thing, you know, alt space rec room, uh, VR chat it's, is, you know, is the weird one, but it's <laughs> essentially like different flavors of ice cream, but it's all ice cream. And um, I'm looking for experiences that really change the dynamic of social interaction rather than just you get to interact with people like you do in the real world, except it's VR with crazy avatars. Mm -hmm. Like I want, I want more. I want the rules of social interaction to be broken and mm -hmm. rebuilt. And there's not a lot of that. There's almost nothing like that actually. Um, so that's what I'm looking for in social VR. But do you experience think that yeah. Do you think that because you're, uh, if, if you're unaware of this in the chat, Lucas is the developer of a, uh, a VR, I don't want to say game, a VR experience called uh, Where Thoughts Go, and um, you know, do you think that Where Thoughts Go is kind of like you know one of the, like your initial stabs at, at doing that, at like at mixing it up and yeah, you know, like doing something more profound. Um, yeah, but at a really basic level, it's it's really like the only real example of like a like basically a social network in VR that's entirely asynchronous. So um, the internet basically, you know, there's two kinds of social internet. There's synchronous, which is what we're having now. We're talking live. Skype is a synchronous, you know, um, is synchronous social software. Um, any sort of live stream thing, Google Hangout, Zoom, et cetera, they're all synchronous. And then you have the asynchronous internet, which is not bound by time, which means I like emails and news right. feeds and Twitter and message boards. Um, and the key difference between them is that synchronous, all the value exists in the present. So we have this, in, this interaction and that's what social VR is right now. But um, that interaction only exists in the present and then value just becomes like, it just disappears in the ether. But with asynchronous communication, because I create a post and then people can consume it at any time that they want, anywhere they want, value builds up over time. Um, and this is actually my main problem with social VR because everything is synchronous. It means that all the value that's being created like disappears for the most part, as far as social interactions is concerned. And I wanted to see what I could do with like by building something that's asynchronous. Um, so, and the cool thing about asynchronous is that you don't need a lot of people actually to have a social space that works. Because so, if you have 30 or 40, the next people can enjoy what these uh, 30 or 40 have created. Um, so when you say value, um, you know, what, how do you define value in this, in this sense, something that lasts longer is more valuable? Um, honestly, it, yeah, I don't want to get too technical too fast. Um, and <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Just don't, um, just stop me if I'm going like too abstract, but it's really just like, um, just like con, let's just say content builds up over time and I'm adding value as like, it's more abstract form. It's just content that people like to consume. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just weird to me because Zuckerberg, when they acquired Oculus, uh, I remember him talking on an interview about the importance of asynchronous communication in VR, but Facebook has done nothing, like nothing. It's, it's, I just don't kind of understand. Weird, right? from, from the social yeah. company? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they had, they had an app that came out when, when, when uh, the Oculus Rift first came out and it was garbage. 
It's one of the worst social experiences I've ever had. And then it's like, well, what are these guys going to do with, with this Horizon platform? Fingers crossed that they're actually able to, mm -hmm. to kind of pull it off. But you know what I did want to say about, um, about uh, where thoughts go is this was probably this game or experience actually made me made me feel like this was a very intimate very I, intimate I thing. Got to. Yeah, yeah i was not uh, i was i wasn't expecting that at all i mean it really i was like really kind of blown away listening to all these people um talk about these these very intimate experiences in their life and um and then it came time where like i couldn't really move on in the game until i shared mine so it it brought this whole new this whole new thing into it and i really i really I was, enjoyed it i was just about to ask you if you felt that way because it yeah. almost seems like by like creating a space where that's safe like it almost like is just inspiring you know and it's like people are like like you said compelled to like get some of those things off of their yeah. chest and do some of that yeah. work that they would otherwise maybe have too much fear or something like that to do Steve Knows is in the chat. What's up there, brother? Yeah, dude, we got a bunch of sweet people in the chat right now. Steve yep. Knows, Ted Brady showed up, Tom Clancy, thanks for joining us, man. Hussein X. Yep, get to the chopper. Like, dude, we got the squad up yeah. there. Yep. Thank you, guys. Let me, yeah. let me tell you, Lucas, why I'm really excited about this episode is because I finally got to re-break out my power glove. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get like, <laughs> oh, there he oh, goes. God. Fuck. Okay. No, let's let's let's. Ah, fuck. Let's keep it going. Did you lose it? No, it's just the cable. It's just everywhere. Um, but uh, just on yeah. the um, on the topic of of, of intimacy, because I was talking yeah. about like where thoughts go, just what um, what attracted to me at a systematic level. But there's also you know just the intimacy component of it. Um, as I'm you know I'm deep introvert. Um, I know it doesn't look like it on the video, but I am. There's a reason why I almost never talk to the camera in the video. It's just because I feel terribly uncomfortable on camera. For the most part um and is yeah i wanted to, to to find out how far you could push um intimate interactions but also how can you make people the better the best versions of themselves they can be in a in an online environment um especially because you know can, people have this uh, assumption that people are always horrible online but it's really a matter of like how you design those systems that we talked about to get people to be, be their better selves um and yeah, you see that a lot in like the kinds of societies that we built in the past, some that make people do worse things and some that make people like a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, so it was also like that exploration of intimacy. And uh, I realized that like audio is, is a, it's a very, very, very important um, component of it. And especially when you remove uh, like visuals, because then you're not going to be, you know, judging people. Number one, you, you don't judge people on their looks. And number two, um, voice preserves emotional context in a way that you know text does not and that's why people tend to be meaner in comment sections is because they people are less humanized via text than they are via voice and by getting people's voices and applying this deeply deeply intimate context that is where thoughts go which is an experience that asks you lots of very personal questions um you're getting really high density emotional voice content um and that it and, and that makes um yeah, that brings a level of seriousness and intimacy and emotional um, and, and emotional interaction that you don't see a lot of it. And finally, you have that give and take component. Uh, give and take component. You go into these worlds of where thoughts go, and you listen to these very intimate stories left by other users. You're taking from people, you know, taking those experiences from people. But to progress, you need to give back as well, um, which is also a key component to any healthy relationship. You can't just take and go away. But that's what 
most, I guess most social networks work like that. You don't have mm -hmm. to give back, you can just take, take, take. But in Markdown you have you, you can take, but then you have to give at some point. Um, and I think all of those things combined created a, honestly, one of the healthiest, least troll friendly environments I've ever seen. There's, like I, I, I built where I thought go thinking there were gonna be a bunch of trolls, but I can kind of like with one hand, the number of bad interactions. Wow. Kind of crazy. That's amazing. That speaks to this community, yeah. dude. VR community is so awesome. And I think one of the things, one of the important distinctions that currently exist in something like Where Thoughts Go, that um, which is not asynchronous, um, where a lot of other social VR is, is that in most social VR asynchronistic experiences, there's also a avatar that represents the physical body. Yeah. Whereas in Where Thoughts Go, that doesn't exist. You know, so it's interesting because you know, you can still get like a deep level of, you know, emotional context and emotional co uh, content even from just the audio. Um, and I'm wondering like, how, you know, what kind of wiggle room exists between all of this stuff? You know, like I recently went to um, the failed to render comedy show in Altspace, which has professional comedians in alt space in like a set that they built that looks just like a comedy club and people get up there and they like do their thing like they deliver legitimate stand-up comedy routines and you know when you're in vr there's not a whole lot that's lost even in this uh current iteration of social vr um other than like facial expressions and stuff but to your point like the audio does such a good job of conveying the emotion and everything that like mm -hmm. they can kill in VR on stage. And I, here's a little bit of a secret of mine, I've actually kind of always wanted to put together a stand-up routine. I've always thought that would be so fun to do. Right. And going into VR and watching them do it in there, I was like, oh, like this could inspiring. be my, yeah, it was so inspiring. I was mm -hmm. like, I could do this, you know? And like, I think that VR, when it's used to provoke this kind of stuff, really does create this like sense of this like safe environment to explore yourself and to maybe be more extroverted or to open up to new people or new ideas or experiences yeah this is uh this is what i probably think the biggest benefit of social vr is 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 for like kids and teenagers to basically practice try out many sorts of different social interactions like going on stage at a comedy club you know as 11 year old and seeing how you feel um and it lowers the stakes um and you know it makes it easy for anybody to have an experience like that um, and it's just a great training ground to practicing all kinds of social interactions before you, you know, you go heavy into the real world, uh, which is a great experimentation stage. So yeah, I, I really want to make it clear that I'm being, you know, I'm a little bullish on, on social VR, but there's definitely value in it. I just wish people did things more differently. And mm -hmm. I think the example that you said about the avatars that we use to represent people, um, they are usually just like, you know, human sized VR chat, the one that's a little bit different, but right. it's all, you know people and it's like okay um but in where thoughts go you know at least I, I i made people small little cute creatures with big eyes which have the proportions of babies which mm -hmm. evolutionarily trick you to be nice to them and um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're always the biggest thing in the room and everyone is small which again you know you better be you're the biggest thing in the room there's nothing to fear and these mm -hmm. um these, all of these other players are kind of like smaller and fragile and should be treated as such. So there's so much innovation that you can do in the field of social interaction just by how you choose to represent people that I've just been, you know, it's, it's just a little, a little saddening that all social VR is kind of like the same. 
Right. You know, and while I feel that, I can't help but wonder, like, if the stand-up show in, like, something like this, like, I think it comes down to what your intention is, right? Like, what kind of expression are you looking for? Because yeah. I don't know that, like, you know, uh, like, Megatron delivering the jokes up on the stage would really enhance the experience that much, you know? Like, it might be kind of good for Depends a laugh, on the joke, at yeah. the end of the day, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, I felt like I was in a comedy show yeah. when I was in Alt Space, you know? Like, and yeah. they could have been weird, and we could have, like, really gone weird with that, but for all intents and purposes, I feel like it delivered. On, on the experience that I was supposed to have, mm -hmm. you know? All so. Space is great for that stuff, man. It, it's it's really good, especially now that they changed those god-awful avatars. Oh my so god. Yeah. It looks so much better. It's actually yeah. annoying how good it looks because I tried to make, uh, I was in All Space yesterday and I was trying to make a very ugly looking avatar and I could not. <laughs> I tried my best. Not even a monobrow. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully Facebook steps up does something right like they they bought vr basically crossed. so like, there's gotta crossed. be a reason like, <laughs> so like what do you think man like lucas do you are you giving facebook the benefit of the doubt like do you think this is like ioi like how do you feel about facebook and and their current position in vr um i think Okay, that's a big question. <laughs> no pressure. Is it, is it VR in general? Or are we talking about social VR still? Um, Oculus specifically. Yeah, however you Facebook. want to answer yeah. it. However you want to answer it. Yeah. I mean, Oculus. Um, you know, I I have faith in them in, in, in basically, um, you know, at a hardware level and you know, handling the software ecosystem. Um, I have really no faith in them making anything that's like actually creative. But I have faith in them building the technologies that will allow this to go to mainstream. And they are pouring tons of money. Um, you know, the VR industry would not be what it is without Oculus. Mm -hmm. It just wouldn't be. We just yeah. wouldn't have the amount. We wouldn't have the quest, not at this point, and not with this level of quality of content. So they definitely have a role to play. But I look at them more as like just an institution. They're going to yeah. build the technology. They're going to make headsets. Um, they're going to make augmented reality glasses and then hopefully other more creative companies sell more than they do at some point because you know facebook's a company that runs on 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 data harvesting mm -hmm. that's the core of their business model and i guess vr could change that a little bit which is nice but you know <laughs> right. i'd rather own a vr ar device that microsoft or apple makes because data gathering is just like a little side business to them than google or facebook which is like you know you can keep yeah. saying that it's it's private and that you respect privacy but eh. <laughs> do you though yeah. do no, you though i don't buy it you know i will say this oculus connect was like the highlight of like my year that year like i had really so much fun at oculus connect and it was like a catered like fancy party dude like there was snacks and drinks everywhere like, i'd never been to anything like that like that blew my mind and you know, it's like, it's just like kind of sad right now, the current state of the, um, of the conferences, you know, and like the fact that we're not able to get together and meet up at things like Oculus Connect, because, you yeah. know, I got to see you there. And that's what I got when I got introduced to Lucas and realized that one day I'm going to have a podcast and he's going to be on it, you know, and like, you know, conferences like that are the places where we can establish relationships like this and like help drive the engagement and help us have great guests on our show like this regularly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so, I do. Just kind of, uh, Seriously? Dude. That you were going to have amazing guests this season. Your last guest was named after a terrible 
line in a terrible movie from a terrible actor. What? Hey. Hey, come on. Get to the chop of VR is a really good guy. And we're trying really hard to make this a good show, bro. Yeah. Your Lay the upgraded chip looks even worse than the upgraded Oculus Quest. Uh, the Oculus Quest looks pretty good. The new one, the yeah, white one. It's, it's white. all white and smooth and nice. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The target demographic is soccer moms. It only makes sense that you'd end up with a cheap white vibrator on your face. Hey, bro, bro, oh. bro. This is a family show. Come on, man. Now we Seriously. know what they meant by Jedi controllers. Oh, Fuck man. you, dickhead. Get out of here. Who built you anyway, HTC? Oh! here. Screw this that guy, man. guy, dude. Oh, well, thanks for coming back there, Lucas. Sorry, we had an incident where uh, we got kind of taken over by this, this dickhead robot. Dude, I, I don't know how else to explain we... him. He's just... He's such a dick. We're, we're, oh, you're you're on mute there, buddy. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he fucked everything up, man. I'm sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, sorry about that, homie. No, it's it's fine. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, we'll work on this, guys. I promise we're gonna work on this. These takeovers have to stop. You know this, especially. You know, you can't come on and say anything nice, right? Right. Yeah. Well, anyway. Whatever, dude. Oh well. So, uh, where are we at? What were we talking about? We were talking about um, Oculus Connect and conferences and stuff. Yeah. What was the last conference? Yeah. Was that the last conference you went to, or have you been to one since then? I've certainly been to one. I just don't remember what yeah. was the last one. Yeah, C CES was our last one. Yeah, did you go to CES? Did you get to go to I've CES? I never went to CES. Never. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was so man. Fun. We're so, dude, I feel like we're so lucky that we got to go to the last mega expo. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The last, there'll never be one again. <laughs> well, you know, it'll be a little while. And it's going to be weird when it starts up again. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone trying to social distance and I don't know. How, like, how do you go? And for, for us, how do you go to another expo and put shit on your face? You know right. what I mean? We're not there like, like, oh, we'll just, you know, we'll just nux, right? No, dude, we're putting that shit on our face that 800,000 other people also put on their face. So it's kind of... Um, it's kind of a sketchy thing, you know, but but at the same time, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, to getting back to to some expos, man. Mm -hmm. I really yeah, um, I mean, I definitely think Facebook's going to do something about this or, you know, build something for the Quest 2 um, that that allows for, I don't know, you basically optimize for that kind of um, just switching and like just hygiene between multiple users and stuff like that. So that's, that's definitely something Facebook can help with. Um, and you know, especially if OC eight is hopefully it is it is it is right. public, and they actually right. have a solution that's not only for their own conference, but that people can use in others because they need. Um, yeah, a big part of VR is is just sharing your headset with people. And mm -hmm. um, what was like your first VR experience? Like, what was like the first one that like like tipped the scale, and you're like, oh shit, okay, now no, VR. It was my first one. It, it was. Yeah, yeah, I, I tried the just very early. It was a prototype HTC Vive. I have no idea how I got um, in that room with one. I just got lucky. And I, I, I just tried a very early portal demo in which, you know, repair a robot. And I was just smiling all the way through, man. And I, I remember that. Yeah. We shouldn't bring up robots, though, in yeah, the show. Let's uh, yeah, let's <laughs> Yeah. Sensitive subject. Yeah. But at the end, like, I was so excited that I was, like, crying a little bit. And it was just like, wow, like, it, wait, like, I, I, I have to rethink how I think about the entire world now, um, now that this is a thing. And back then, I still 
I didn't know, you know, I wasn't technical at all. I didn't know how to code or do any of this stuff. So I just, I just thought it was, you know, oh, this is something cool. I'm going to watch from a distance. But throughout the next months, I started to like, but what if it's not as hard as it looks? It turns out it's not. It's not easy, but it's not new. Yeah. <laughs> it looks hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It's not nearly as hard as it looks. And pro like programmers thrive on the fact that their work seems so complicated and that they have all these words that make it seem like, you know, crazy complex, but it's, it's really just, yeah, it's just a tool, but they well, always thrive like on this op obfuscation. It's, yeah. it's like learning. It's like learning a language. Really, you know, especially if you're programming in something like C sharp or or whatever, that is legitimately like learning another language. So, I mean, maybe maybe not um, Unity wise because that has more of a GUI, but like, yeah, it's mm -hmm. I think it's complicated. You have to learn how things interact with each other. It's it's just a, yeah, it's it's tough. And I, I think maybe um, you should give yourself a little more credit. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. It, it does require effort and a lot of trial and error, and um, you do need to be committed to learn it. But it's it's. I just want to make it clear that sure, it's tough, but it's not nearly as hard as people think it is, and myself included, because I just assume that coding is something that literally only like teenagers who dream in their sleep could do. And I started to learn coding in, in like in my early twenties. I mean, um, I'm still young, but. Um, you know, I was like, oh, I'm 22. I could never learn this. You know, my time's gone. You, you need to learn how to code when you're 14 or that's it. And that's not the case at all. So you know, I, I thought I was going to actually, when I first started this whole journey, when I like realized that I need to be a part of like the gaming world and the gaming community it was actually before I had my experience with VR. And uh, I was like, I'm, I'm going to make games. I'm going to learn how to code. I'm going to like do this. And I just like started mm -hmm. to like, teach myself you know with tools that i could find online and stuff like that and once i like got into like the meat and potatoes of it i was like holy shit you know like this is intense mm -hmm. and then vr happened i had my mind blown by it and i was thinking to myself actually i was thinking to myself that everyone would have the exact same uh, experience that i did like yeah. or the same I perspective that i did mm -hmm. like when i first tried i was like try this try this try this i was like giving everyone a yeah. headset holy crap. and they take it off and they're yeah. like that's cool I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? That's cool. Like, and that's, that's, that's the coolest you, thing ever. And that's when you reevaluate your friends. That, yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's when I reevaluated mm -hmm. like my enthusiasm. I was like, hold on a second. I think this is way. I like this more than most people, and World I'm changing, really yeah. passionate about this. So, maybe, maybe like the people who are making this stuff need me. You know, like maybe I can use the skills I already have to help push the medium forward and help be a part of that community. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm like starting to think like, shit, should I have like not given up? Like, should I keep coding? You know, like, can I do, is this something that I can do in my free time and, you know, get there? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, people don't care about technology on its own. You need to make it personable to them. You need to be like, you need to hold like a little carrot, which is something they've always wanted to do. And then be like, now nah, you can't. Um, Cause that's the, that, that's I think how people are gonna care about this in the long run. Um, it's not just you know the idea that you can control people's senses and go to all these things, uh, all these places. It's really showing them you know the very human things that they care about and how VR and AR enables those things. And there's not a lot of good examples, which is why VR has been very gaming centric so far. But I think you know as as the years go by and it, you know VR starts to merge with AR and all this stuff starts to get really crazy, then will be you know it will just be like this huge platform of um, 
of you being able to do things you've always dreamed of. And that's when people are going to like really start gravitating to it. Right. But it's, yeah, it's really important to try to create bridges that make it, that make the average person care. Um, mm -hmm. And the average person does not care about the tech. They care about what it lets you do. Right. So do you think that the staleness of the experiences is like a, a primary determining factor of the lack of adoption? Or do you think there's other factors that are really preventing that from happening? I don't think the, all the experiences are stale per se. Um, there's lots of really cool stuff, but it's, but it's um, all of it. It's, it's still catering to you know, like the same demographic, especially because most of VR right now is gaming. So you know you're getting more and more arguments to try to recruit more and more gamers. But there's not a lot of that comes out of that right now. Um, there's some productivity stuff that's cool, um, but it's still you know it's um, it's very centered on one demographic, and it makes sense like strategically to go after gamers first. Um, but I think you need to go beyond that to really, you know, capture the imagination of the average person. And um, that's what I'm hoping to do a little bit. I hope to very rarely build games unless it's a really, um, really unique one for some reason. Mm -hmm. And yeah, try to focus on, on those gaps of VR and AR and try to communicate um, those things to the public because those are things, um, those are things that I think are not being really um, well well communicated. Right. I mean, I imagine, um, you know, like it took you three months to make a video. We, I mean, we make videos, we know how hard they are to make. And then we watch yours and it's like, oh, wow. Like that's, that's definitely a three month video. You yeah. know, like that is a three month video for yeah. sure. So, you know, you stay busy and, you know, I know you were, um, you know, doing like an interview or something before you joined us on our show. And so your time is, I'm sure, getting more and more limited. And again, thank you for yours. You have no mm -hmm. idea how awesome this is to have you with us today. Um, so how much time do you have to, to enjoy virtual reality? Like, do you put the headset on every day or every week or, or what? Mm -hmm. I like, I tend to use it like once a week actually now, um, yeah. for stuff that's not need, you know, this, this, this stuff that's not developing and right. every now and then there's going to be like a breakthrough title or something I'll get addicted to very briefly. And I'll play that intensely for like a couple weeks, but then I'll get bored again and I'll just go back to, to making stuff. Um, yeah, um, I think most of my excitement in VR comes from honestly, the things that I'm making that I'm like, mm -hmm. this is cool. And um, <laughs> as it should, <laughs> although it should, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really like, I really love going to virtual reality film festivals and stuff like that, where you get to experience some really weird stuff. Um, that's, you know, the whole VR experience space that it's called the VR experience because we don't know what else to call them has lots of really cool, cool, weird stuff that, um, changes my perspective and it's really fun. Although there's not a lot of those this year. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, actually, yeah, it's, I just sp I spend most of my time in VR making stuff every now and then I'll get addicted to a game and I'll play it. And most of what I gain personally is really from going to like events and festivals where I get to see lots of weird stuff. A lot of it that never gets to really get, gets released to the public because it's stuck in the art world. So it's being exhibited in a museum somewhere right. um, in Amsterdam yeah. and the average person doesn't get to see it, which sucks. Um, so I gotta know, did, did you, uh, is one of these things that you got addicted to, was Half-Life one of them? Sorry, I'm a huge Half-Life fan. <laughs> Alex? Yeah. Not really, man. I I had I enjoyed Alex, but I was kind of like, this feels like a game that was designed in 2016, and that's because it was. Oh, I feel that, though. <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad, but it's like, you know, gameplay-wise, it doesn't... 
Okay. Grab mechanic's cool, but it doesn't really do anything. There's no melee, which got, you know, the melee the lack of melee does suck. That does. That it would does. be so good to be able to that hit does. stuff. What, what, about, what about the design? Um, you know, there, there was a great podcast with um, Andrea and Kent Bai and uh, another guy, and they talked about, specifically, they talked about uh, the architecture and the way the levels were designed and, and the thought processes behind, you know, how everything kind of had to be built. They thought, thought it was super fascinating how they designed the city and all the things that they thought of when, when kind of bringing City 17 to life. Um, but, you know, I guess, I guess to your point, uh, it doesn't do a lot that other games don't do as far as it's, it's a game where you run around and you shoot stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, but, man, did they do that really well. <laughs> yeah, it's a game so, where you me, grab yeah. stuff and sometimes <laughs> you shoot. Yeah, there's a lot um, of stuff. There's a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But grabbing is fun. But that's also why um, the whole Jeff level, and not no spoilers, but um, is, is it Jeff? Yeah, yeah. that's the yes. yeah, yeah. Um, That was cool because it recontextualized the main actual gameplay, which is grabbing stuff, and it made it like a terrible, mm -hmm. suspenseful act, which is really smart. Yeah. Um, so it had a little, yeah, like Half-Life Alex to me was its best when it was a horror game. But to me, like, um, yeah, the lack of melee, the fact that, uh, you know, like a head crab can't jump towards me and I can grab it by its leg and just right, like right. hit a zombie with yeah. it. Um, yeah. To me, that's what I hoped the combat would be because yeah. I was like, oh, they're going to get Boneworks, which is, you know, which is a very cool game, but it also feels super awkward and they're going to make it not awkward. Um, that's what I was hoping they were going to do. Yeah, but they were yeah. like, no, they played idea. it safe. <laughs> they, they probably they definitely try to do melee and Valve, you know, is very much into not even um, getting even remotely close to the idea of discomfort. So that's probably why they cut melee. Um, and that's why also ladders are just the awkward instant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like, you can you can go and, and grab the ladders and pull yourself up. But as soon as you make that motion, it yeah, sends exactly. you up to the top. So yeah, they, they did a few things. They're very, uh, I, I think their, their downfall is definitely how much they cater to people that that uh, to noobs, you know what I mean, and and that's good because there's gonna there's got to be a lot of noobs that come in, right? I mean, this technology isn't very, very, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's not adapted by millions and millions of people yet. Yeah, so, and and Boneworks was like, mm. oh, we know this is terribly uncomfortable, but it's fun, so screw yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they went for I fun like over comfort, I like um, which that is attitude. which is you know, <laughs> it, there's trade offs, but um, yeah, that's why I ended up, sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lucas, do you typically onboard new VR users with your own um, stuff? Um, no, actually. Um, and just, just, just to comment on, on what Aspen said, yeah, there's a lot of fire in Alex yet yeah, with the modding community. People are going to do lots of cool stuff with it. True I'm really that. excited yeah. about that. Mm -hmm. that. I can't um, believe we didn't mention that. That is actually yeah. really important. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so that will be cool. Yeah. Um, and it's also the best-looking game in VR. Just yeah. is. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, no, actually, I onboard people with, um, you know, like, uh, actually, usually when I onboard a stranger, I do um, first, like, the Oculus, the, the robot demo, the one that, you know, that they, they first start you with. Contact. First I think, contact, yeah. First contact. I think it's brilliant. I think it teaches you, like, all the basics. And if I show first contact to people, I can get them to play anything after because they're already comfortable with grabbing and pressing buttons and everything. So... I always do first contact because it's just brilliantly designed and it's charming and it gets people, you know, with the mind, right mindset. And from there I can go anywhere. Um, 
yeah, they can play any game pretty much flawlessly from there, unless it's a complicated, like, you know, RPG. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I always start with that. Then, you know, go into Beat Saber, because I know it's, they're going to like it. Dude, and then I start so to good. go into the weirder stuff, mine included. Right. Do you play Beat Saber? Um, not really. I'm not into, like... I played it when it launched and I had some fun, but I'm not really... I don't get addicted into things easily. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's... um, Yeah, I was like, I played for a little bit, and... But I, yeah, not 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 tons of replay. Um, and yeah, I think The Walking Dead also did a great job with melee. It, it felt super great. It's actually my favorite favorite combat. Drop my water. Personally. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Dude. I I prefer Walking Dead to Boneworks in terms of interactive oh, combat. Walking Dead is awesome. Very in the yeah. melee, absolutely phenomenal. So Ben Ben Lang on Twitter recently started a thread that he hijacked from someone else and made it about VR. And he asked the community a question, and the question was, um, you know, what if people knew could get your VR card revoked? And I had a couple different thoughts as to what that my response to that would be. And my initial thought that I didn't think I was going to reveal that I now will was that I have very, very limited, limited experiences with Saints and Sinners. I have not played Boneworks. I have not played Asgard's Wrath, um, which are like three of like the primary VR games. And I... It's insane. I thought I was gonna post that, but I actually ended up posting um, if a game doesn't have VR multi, if VR game doesn't have multiplayer, I'm barely giving it the time of day. Like, yeah. there's so many single player experiences, but if it's not multiplayer, literally, like, I'm barely interested. You know, if I'm being honest, yeah. and I feel like yeah. that could get my VR card revoked. So I want to ask yeah. you guys. Uh, maybe we'll start sense. with Skiva. What yeah. what could get your VR card revoked? Man, I don't know. I think I think probably the way I react to horror VR games, you know. Uh, so there's there's been plenty of times playing Rush of Blood or um, or the Brookhaven Experiment or just you know some of those really creepy games where I will audibly yell. It'll be two in the morning or one thirty <laughs> in the morning. I'm like, ah! you know, like like oh my god, this you know. And I'm and I'm a pretty big dude, I'm six seven, like three hundred pounds, you know. However. So, I wouldn't say that's atypical. I would say most people in VR in horror have reactions similar. Yeah, to that. and yeah. that to me is not worth like me taking no. your VR card. Huh. So, is there anything, uh, or are you just the well, perfect VR what be, guy? What would be taking my VR card worthy then? Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think really just my reaction to horror. I'm just a baby. Like, I, a really, because I. I mean, I bought like for example, I bought Paranormal Activity, and I just haven't been able to play more than like 15 minutes of it. Like, I'll only play it if someone else is over and I'm playing it with them. And then most of the time, I'm like, no, you wear the headset. I can't. I don't want right. to do it. And I'll sit back on the couch like a baby. I will. I you will know. accept your answer, but I don't want it, <laughs> Lucas. What? What is there anything that you're willing to confess that might get your VR card taken from you? Honestly, I don't. I don't think so. Um, and it, that's. Yeah. I haven't thought about it much. I'm sorry. I don't think I have really, like any any immediate answers of um, things that I do or haven't done that are um, completely unacceptable. I just try to, you know. Um, I, I, I do my best to try the highest variety of things that I can, and I think I've done a good job. But I have to think about this a little bit more. Like we we, we can come back to this. Yeah, sure. Eric for president said that he uses his T-shirt to wipe off his lenses, and I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. 
I mean, I do that. <laughs> okay, so, well, there you go. There's your answer. If Eric ever goes to sell one of his headsets, don't buy it. Right. Oh, don't that. But Lucas, that shirt. <laughs> I mean, that that shirt is a little different than like a like what I'm wearing. Yeah, I try yeah. to wear clothes that are actually like that are good. Um, the material is actually good for my pants. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So, so <laughs> I, uh, I'm sure you've, you know, this might be one of the the questions that you have to answer now that you're in, getting interviewed all the time. But, um, like, like I don't know, like, certainly this video has changed your life, right? Like, this has like the um, the attention that you've gotten. Like, I watched your channel go from like the time machine video. Yeah, yeah, the time machine video. I watched your channel go from like a couple thousand subs to way more thousand subs than that overnight. You know, and like I like I said, I've been a fan. I've been waiting for everyone to catch up. And now it seems like people are starting to. And I think only will as you continue to make content. So can like, we build what's been the biggest difference so machine. far? You know, like like how has this affected your life on a day to day basis? So with 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 where thoughts go, I got the experience of what it's like to spend two years on a project, um, you know, working it, um, getting to festivals, releasing it on Oculus and Steam, then releasing it on Quest. And it was, it was a very valuable experience, but at the end of it, I was like, I never want to do this again. Um, just because <laughs> releasing something is so hard. And 90% um, of your, the time that you spend working on the project like that, it's not with the, on the creative stuff. It's just on the grind and you know fixing things and testing it with people and realizing that what you thought was intuitive is actually trash and you have to rebuild <laughs> things and rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding. Um, so I, I'm, I was like, what if instead of, you know, making one project every year and a half, two years, I made 20 projects every two years. Um, and that's really, it's, yeah, it's like when creative people have all these ideas and they have to pick one, um, to work on. I'm like, what if I don't, what if I just do all of them, but then you need to create a new format for, um, making and distributing your projects. And there's a big difference between making a project for showing a video and making a project for public release. And that difference is about a year of effort. Um, so it's, yeah, with the time machine, I was like, you know, let me see if I can make something that's fun and interesting and um, also, you know, educational and it shows a side of this technology that hopefully you look at these technologies differently by the end of it. But also it's like, um, I was basically testing this as a creative outlet of like, can I do things that are interesting, but also distinct enough? Uh, things that are funny, but also, you know, give you something. Because, sure, like, I could build funny things that are just funny, but are kind of useless. Um, but I wanted to mix that with depth. And the reception of the video really confirmed to me that this is a viable career path. Mm -hmm. And now I pretty much advocated to spending the rest of the year um, doing stuff like this. So Amazing. But yeah, I can't do it. I can't do a video every three months anymore. It has to be once a month. It just once a yeah. month. Yeah. So does that? So are, are your are your next videos gonna maybe be not quite as large of a scale? Because this is like you know, obviously you can't do that. It's too long. You know, once, yeah. Like, um, so I mean, are you? Uh, you're probably not. Uh, I don't. I don't want to ask you what you're working on because I want to just want to see it when it comes out. Um, but uh, so it looks like the YouTube channel is going to be a nice, strong push from from Lucas. Then we're going to see some. More well, videos. you know what I do want to ask you about this specific project is: yes. do you do you plan now? I, I know I, I see I've seen some other interviews interviews that you've done, and you've said that there was about seven terabytes of data uh, yes. video. Uh, so so that probably answers my question right there. But I'm going to ask you anyway: do you have any intention on someday maybe releasing your code for this or releasing the game and letting people put in their own videos uh, and kind of building their own time machine off of what you've off of the foundation that you've built? 
Um, not not really. Just because I, um, it's it's very hacky the way that it's built right now, and I would feel terrible to sharing it. And I know a lot of people say you know they won't care, but but they will. It's like <laughs> this is yeah, this is a weird analogy, but I think it's effective. So imagine there's a group of medical scientists that want to study your body because it's particularly unique, but to do it, you have to send nudes of yourself to them. Now they are like. <laughs> We just want to study your body, man. But you're like, I'm sending you a nude. You're going to see all of this. And I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with it, even though I understand that all you want to do is study it. Um, so that's that's the analogy I have. But for the future, I'm definitely, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to be trying to build projects in the future in a way that I can do that. At the very least, share all the core assets. Um, so, and yeah, make it like a Patreon thing. Um, did because... you have like, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have like a min max, like recording time per day during the project? No, it was really just. Um... Like what's the shortest amount of footage that you have on a single day throughout that year? Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, okay. You're talking about the, 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 the duration of the footage. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i mean clue. like i guess what i'm getting at is like did you ever just like th turn it on for like one minute be like that's good for today and like, turn it <laughs> off or like did you really try yeah. to keep them on and like capture as many things as you could you know or was it was it a little bit of both at different times it was a little bit of both it, yeah it, it went all over the place um yeah. some days i wasn't feeling it and it was very low effort other days it was like really really dedicated with like three glasses in my pockets um so yeah it goes all over the place uh, so i want to know like who's getting lit on fire and shit? Like, are you blowing up buildings for this? <laughs> like, has, like, is anything blowing up? Because uh, because Lucas needed a cool video. <laughs> um, you know, it's I had a bad breakup and it's, <laughs> things escalate. It's it's just what they do. So what's with this sledgehammer? Tell um, us a little bit about this. So that's 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 what I can share about the next project. That it has an IoT sledgehammer, and this is a big part of it. So this would be fun. Is that like what's uh, all that shit? Hopefully, it's not it? like a Lucille type of thing. Is that is that so you can track it? What is um, all that shit? No, this just it's just it just, no, it just makes player. it look nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're right. Maybe maybe we do give you programmers too much credit. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like nah, that's just lights. Yeah, I was gonna share a photo of it earlier, like later today. But why not? Grand I premiere. Project has a sledgehammer. You've seen it here first, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Son, between realities, first sneak peek of the next shit that Lucas is going to put out that's going to yep. blow your mind. Yep. So, is yeah. there, um, like, like who, like, you know, when I, I've said this a hundred times, I guess I'll say it again. When I saw you speak at OC6, I was like, that guy. Yes. You know, like, dude, you're awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Like, all your perspective was great. Like, who in the VR industry or maybe outside of the VR industry, like, gives you a reaction like that? You know, like, who, like, who do you, like, love the work of or who do you look up to um, that does anything? Um, honestly, the, it's, it's, I don't want to mention singular names because then I'm going to fail to mention all of them. Um, and, yeah, I don't want to, like, um, have pro I guess I, I guess I'll share a couple of names naturally, um, but but it's really anyone that I meet who's doing something that's very weird, and they have no real reason to be doing that other than the fact that they really like it. Um, anyone in, v in VR who does that, um, I'm I'm just immediately like I'm just yes, um, it's, it's it it gives me so much inspiration and and strength and um, I guess a couple of people like um, VR Human who's an artist who. I've been, you know, I've been becoming friends with he, the way he thinks about things. He's just building a tons of things in his home that are weird. 
Aiden Wolf, who was my roommate, he's doing lots of very cool, mind-blowing AR stuff, and it's mostly out of passion because all these people have no money. Um, Daniel, <laughs> yeah. actually, um, Daniel Bochamp, I probably misspelled his name. Um, he's, he's been doing lots of hand-tracking stuff with the Quest. You probably saw some of his videos went viral, like a version of Jenga that his fingers get long longer every time you play. Um, well, yeah, I'm giving names, just names. Holy fuck. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, people who are basically building interesting VR, AR stuff, um, not because they're trying, you know, to make a breakout hit, not because they're just because they're experimenting and having fun. And um, in the pursuit of that, they're making really innovative stuff by accident. And right. just those are like... the people I learn the most from. It's just, oh, you made this thing? Okay, I think about the world a little bit differently now that I've seen your stuff. And um, yeah. I think about the world differently just from VR in general. I don't think since, since the beginning of VR, I don't think I've looked at life the same at all. I, I don't know, if, are you kind of in that, in that camp? Like how easy is it for us to uh, change our perception and, and all of a sudden just be in another place? Like, like my headset is more to me than just a headset. It's like a it's like a portal to another dimension, you know. And and I recently just had to send off my Valve Index to get to get uh, RMA to get fixed. There were some issues with it. And um, you know, when I have when I lose a headset, man, it's like a piece of me now is gone. And it, it sounds so stupid because it's like you know, if your PlayStation had to go back and you you know were out without your games, but I don't look at it like that. I look at it like this is this is a way for me to transcend time and space, be able to meet up with people, um, be able to do things with people, see people I don't get to see, just go to a place that I wouldn't want to go to in real life. Um, and just really, it's really changed. It's changed everything for me. It's changed my whole life. Um, do you have um, any thoughts on, on, on how VR may have kind of changed you besides now you have a lot of subscribers? <laughs> oh yeah, that, that, that's that, that, that's very recently. It's I've I've been this you know for for a couple um, for a couple of years, and it's been impactful ever since. Although right now, what I'm looking for is things that make me look at VR completely differently. So I'm looking at that kind of internal, um, mm -hmm. like internal growth, and that's one of the things like we mentioned before we started the show. It's just like the discussions don't seem to have evolved that much. Um, at least the quality of the discussions and people are saying the same things they've been saying in 2017 and that's it's been a little bit boring dude um, i've been sitting here loaded like literally loaded waiting to like ask you what we need to be talking about you know like you've been mm -hmm. having the same conversations with you know different people like what like what should we be talking about right now like what are people not giving enough attention to great question yeah <laughs> i mean i <laughs> I'll find ways to talk about it um, with 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 future projects, but I'm like, like, what's the last controversy we've had in VR with a project that was just different? I I know what I think the most controversial thing that I've experienced lately is is that like the Echo VR thing, man. Like the uh, the fact yeah, that yeah. there are yeah. young communities. Yeah. blending with older communities and yeah. like like weird like virtual like sexual things like kids humping yeah. your face and stuff like that yeah. in echo vr like have you been into echo vr have you experienced any of that no so in echo it's a it's oh a, that like, echo yeah that yeah, echo. yeah yeah it's a team game right you can grab Dude, each other such a toxic community for real it's weird man and like there's young <clears throat> kids like it's like i don't know what like eight to 
14-year-olds is like mm-hmm. the primary of the population mm-hmm. and they're like grabbing your head and humping you and shit and like there's a lot of yeah, like which is too bad cuz it's an absolutely phenomenal game. Right. Right. Yeah, like 9.9 out of 10. Right. So for me other than the community going into those experiences yeah. and like having to like have like there's like no filter, you know, like it's just like you're like being bombarded in public areas by children who are extremely immature and doing shit that in real life would get them put in fucking jail or something, you know? Like, you can't walk up and hump somebody's face. In VR, it feels freaking real, you know? Like, so, you know, that's the one thing that I still feel like we're not giving enough attention to myself is, like, finding a way to, like, solve some of that because... People are doing shit in VR to each other that is way more invasive than just sending a mean text or a message, you know? It's way more than any of that. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's, like, really no regulation and no way to stop it. And I'm not even sure these parents have any idea what their kids are doing in these games, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. they don't know their kid is humping the shit out of their opponents after a match and stuff. it's, It's not like one of those things where they can come and peek over at the computer screen and see what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like you're you're kind of in a headset, and unless right. you're casting it somewhere, they have no idea. It's for for a little kid. It's like this private. It's this private thing. Now they they might be able to hear the parents might be able to hear what's going on, but you can't you can't put into words what it's like to have someone come over and hump your face. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. one of those crazy things. Um, <laughs> I think actually the reason you have this in Echo, and I like I played honestly like a couple of online matches, and I was surprised just by. The amount of times people could say the n-word in just a single single match right um, yeah real. it was crazy but it's 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 and i think it's a good example um you know using where that's go as a counterpoint uh where that's go being a community that's built on sharing intimacy um and you know being vulnerable and being truthful etc echo vr um in most multiplayer games are communities that are built on a group of people asserting dominance over another group of people and that is literally what the game's about um and, and so if that's the foundation of your community, it's gonna go toxic because the whole game is about me, you know, dominating you. So th- that's that's the result. So it's a. Uh, well, what it, about games like like Contractors and Onward and stuff? I feel like they don't have that kind of problem because they're not free. Yeah. You know, once you put that free label on there, every kid in the world's hopping in, and you know they don't have to get their parents to buy yep. them something. So it's. Yeah, know. yeah. The just just the commitment that comes with. Um, you know, with paying for something, it means that you want it to work and you want it to, you mm-hmm. know, to be good. And, mm-hmm. but it's also freeing. It's uh, when it's free, it's also, there's no real consequences to being banned because you can just make a new account, right. join in, be yeah. toxic again. Um, yeah. So there's no real, you know, yeah. punishment as far as um, getting rid of the toxic members of the community. Um, and the game of, of EchoVR is simple enough that you can just be a dick and have fun with it. But um, on, on Onward, it's like being a dick is a little bit more complicated. It requires more effort. Right. <laughs> um, and it's not as satisfying um, to be a dick. Certainly so. not as satisfying as grabbing somebody by the head and rubbing your virtual genitals all on their face. Yeah, That's... which is, I guess, it's why all social VR platforms are doing the whole bubble thing, um, even though, to me, it has made the experience um, more stale. Well, you know, it's like funny because the, a, a, a bubble is good, but it should be off by default and be able to be turned on Easily. instead of Easily. being on by default. And then you have to go look for it to turn it off. You know, I think it should be like, well, someone's getting in your face. Let me take, let me see. It's bothering me. Let me see if I can turn on some kind right. of thing where they can't instead of you just can't. We're just going to take that closeness away by default. So, yeah, I know. I, I know, know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, though. 
I think it should be the opposite, personally. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah, just it's... it's it's so lame now, like uh, that I have. Uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 been frustrating because I can turn off my bubble, but then I have people have to turn off theirs, and yeah. just like going in VR chat and alt space and those places after the bubbles, it's like, yeah, I can't play with people anymore. Yeah, that's why I think it should the bubble should be off by default. Or like yeah. I'm okay with the bubbles as long as there's a different implementation of them, and as you know, if, if somebody's your friend, the bubbles are turned off by default because mm, they're your friend. That makes sense. That'd and, be... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you should be able to interact with them, um, and at least something more fun. You know, you could also give power to people by if someone's humping your face, you don't have to create a bubble that makes everything disappear, but you can make a mechanic in which you just punch them away, and if you punch somebody <laughs> three times, they oh, disappear yeah. or something. I don't know. Something that's more fun, but also, um, yeah. I don't know. Something interactive. Yeah. Just my hands disappearing as soon as I'm about to touch someone's hair to me is so like, ah, mm -hmm. and it feels like a bug. It doesn't even you feel know, like a feature. I really do think it, it, I think the free thing is really a, like a really important part of it. You know, when I was in that, um, in that comedy show that I went to in alt space, which is free, right? They had people showing up who were basically trolling and they had like a squad of like 10 mods who were just like, like, mm, like mute, 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 banning mute, mute. people left and right. Yeah. And uh, I think they banned like 12 or 15 people throughout the comedy show. Um, <laughs> and they've been talking about charging like a dollar or two, <clears throat> not to make money, but just to filter it. Just filter so out that the way, only people, exactly, <laughs> yeah. only people who are intending to yeah. enjoy that experience are going to pay yeah. the two bucks, you know? Like it's not much, yeah. but if you want to go a dollar or two isn't, isn't a lot when you ask. put something monetary down that is of value to you, you're much less uh, apt to destroy it for everybody yeah, else right. and for yourself. So yeah, that makes sense. Yep. I'd, I'd pay. I'd pay to get into some of those right. shows. So like maybe yeah. Echo should be five bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, charge like, for that shit. Get get the riffraff out of there just by putting some kind of price tag on it. Or you know? if you're gonna make a free game, don't you know? Don't 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 make it like a big social thing because especially a game like that because the community right. is about to be toxic. Um, one thing, just um, some people in the chat are going that you know they rather opt in to the possibility of being harassed, aka bubbles by default. I guess that's fine as well. It's just like none of these networks they actually ask me in the beginning when I'm creating an account or I'm joining for the first time. Hey, do you want the bubble to be on or off? Um, they just turn it off, and I didn't even you know I have to find out there's a bubble system, and then I have to find out that I have to, that I can toggle it. Um, and a, a lot of people just you know just don't do it. Um, and, and the fact that bubbles are not turned off by default when you have a friend, it's it's also upsetting. So I guess just making it more clear that there's a bubble and there's an option because it's not very clear to me. Right. Um, but on, yeah. No, oh, he's free. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just thinking that <laughs> um, a cool implementation of moderators would be like in, in, in the very background of like, if you're in a city, in the building, there's like, moderator snipers that are just watching yeah. over and sometimes they're there Sniping sometimes the building, they're not but you're like there's a sniper over there and maybe it's a mod maybe it's not always <laughs> that'd watching be amazing over. that'd be great <laughs> um, yeah you know and i think i think this the the like the, the special problem that echo specifically has is is that grabbing the body of other players is a primary game mechanic like they can't get rid of that you know, like you have to be able to grab each other. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, these free applications are the most accessible for that reason. Because you once you have the headset, 
you don't want to buy more games. There's a lot of people who are like that. They're like, I got the headset, now I have to buy more? Like, yeah, what? It's like, are you kidding me? Like, what year is it? But <laughs> I bought this car, now I got to put gas know, in it? Seriously. But, like, they think that once they have the headset, <laughs> that should be enough, you know? Or they could at least get enough free stuff to have fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they can. But they buy a headset. The first thing they get is a free social app. They go into it, immediately have a terrible experience of an online social mm -hmm. thing in VR. They might just attribute that to virtual reality in general. You know, like that kind of yeah. stuff could prevent yeah. so many people from really like discovering what VR means to them and how they can use it in their lives just by having one or two shitty experiences on the first free thing that they decided to yeah. download. All right, ready at dawn. It's on you now. You got charged for this shit. Yeah. yeah. Altspace was also <laughs> a good example that it was a very healthy community when it was only high-end PC VR, but as soon as Gear VR started to being given away for free the community became hell like a hellscape you can um, go into alt space in vr on a gear you could yeah when you it could. was supported and everything's wow. all getting shut down yeah, but now, that, but yeah. so to give vr players yeah. who got a headset for free it was just like so much trouble and the community mm. changed overnight right yeah like yeah. all kinds of people taking those things home yeah yeah so what do you think it is then that like and that like makes this community so good for the most part you know like i would say that all of those kids are not like representative of the current state of the virtual reality community mainly because they're kids mm -hmm. and they're like mm -hmm. they play vr games but they're not really vr community members so to speak you mm -hmm. know what i mean like they're just young kids playing games who knows if they're going to stay in vr or not you know so it's um oh, man yeah i don't even know, I know what my train of thought was here but it's yeah. like you know, what do you think it is that that like makes the community like yours and and, th and th where thoughts go like a more mature one? You know, like is it the price point? Is it because VR costs a lot, therefore more? Or is it the anonymousness? <laughs> I don't even know that right. word, but you you know what I mean. Is it no. the anonymousness of of and and the voice, like you said, how how you know they're not typing, so there's still a little bit of them. In, in what they're, you know, putting into the game so they don't want to be shitty, you know? Are we talking about my community or are we talking about the yeah, community Yeah, your general? community, where thoughts, where thoughts go. Okay, yeah, in mine, it's, it's how the thing is designed. It's the fact that it's voice, so it's more humanized. It's the price tag. It's, mm. um, it's, it's the intimate nature of the experience um, that, you know, it really catches trolls off guard. It makes them reconsider what they're about to do. Um, I know it because I'm a little bit of a troll. And, and it's, um, yeah, um, as, but as far as VR is concerned, it's just, just because it's a bunch of people who are just really excited about the future and excited about new things. And they're willing to deal with a massive amount of inconveniences just to get a little bit, you know, a little bit of something new. And I think this, you know, this united passion for something new is, is, uh, makes the community I'm very open to experimentation, open to weird ideas and weird things and supporting people who are trying these new things. And it's, it, it, it's, um, and yeah, it's people who are united, especially the people making it because people who are making stuff for VR and AR as well, they're not in it for money because if they wanted money, they would be doing something else they're right. in it because they exactly. really care about, um, this or what you can do with it. So right now it's healthy and it's yeah let's enjoy it because it's not going to last for long right do you think yeah, that once people true. like realize that it's like a huge money grab that we're just going to instantly get infested with all kinds of ill-intentioned members of our community and start fucking up all these good vibes that we have going yeah yeah and it has happened before it's uh, there was a huge surge of investment in 2016 2017 
And uh, like even here in Silicon Valley, there's lots of monthly meet meetups of you know people of VR meetups that happened or used to happen. And um, yeah, the people who run those meetups were like all of a sudden tons of new people. They're all terrible <laughs> because they're just like they're they're just there like opportunists where they're just for the money and they don't care about it. Um, so so many of those people appeared out of nowhere, took in massive amounts of money, made companies that died like a year later, but they walked to you know walked away with their golden parachutes. Um, Dude, you know what? This is actually like, this was the straw that broke the camel's back for me when I decided I was going to start like a channel and like, you know, start chasing VR. Um, I was visiting, I was on vacation in Boulder, Colorado, or I went to Denver, Denver, and I think we went to Boulder. And in Boulder, I was walking down the street. And of course, I'm at that moment, I'm in a, a VR adopter. I loved it. And I see this like VR like development studio like on that right there on the street in Boulder. I was like, no wow, way, this is dope. So yeah. I go down in there. I'm like, my people, what's going on, everybody? Like, what are you guys working on? Show me, you know, like who's excited for the Oculus Quest? And they're like, the Oculus what? And I was like, what the fuck you mean the Oculus what? I thought you guys were a VR studio. And like, I'm like, put me in something. Show me what you guys are doing. They like can't yeah. put together an experience for me and they're like trying to slap together these like 360 videos of wildlife to sell for like oh, youtube Jesus. or some shit and i was like okay so these people are like all investing in vr right now and like they've they started the thing and they have no fucking idea what's going on yeah. and i was like i know so much Should more I... about this than they do why am i not being a part of this right now yeah and that was like that was really it i was like the fact that they knew nothing and they've all they've already established something like made me feel inspired to like become a part of the community and mm -hmm. contribute content because mm -hmm. like we obviously need more people like that yeah, you know what i, I know mean and up. i think these mm -hmm. are one of the people that you're talking about yeah. they were like oh this vr thing we can make wildlife videos and holy fuck maybe we'll make a million dollars you know <laughs> and meanwhile they're just not doing anything like yeah. nothing good yeah yeah that's too bad <laughs> yeah too the vultures bad. they always, they always show up <laughs> they do looking to looking to pick some meat off the bones well what do you say should we uh i feel like we're let getting lucas there. bounce out of here yeah i feel like we're getting there we'll we'll jump into chat for one second here and Sweet. um anyone you know, have any questions yeah. for lucas tones my bones and ted brady still here rescue toaster and my boy Pabark. so mm -hmm. glad that you can watch us live man geek is in here Inside VR, a Inside. lot of good, a lot of good people in here. Hussein X, Rendered Reality Is was Inside in. Inside VR, earlier. Martin. Is that the Martin logo there? Yes, I think that's Martin. Are Isn't you Martin? I'm sorry if you're not. <laughs> sorry if you're not. <laughs> uh, that was good stuff, though. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Um, yeah. You know. I'm so excited for you, Lucas. I think you. Yes. I thought you deserved to have the audience that that you currently have before you made that video. And I'm so excited that everyone is uh, starting to be, have the opportunity to get exposed to, to you, man, because you're a smart dude. And I think as long as you are in this community, uh, you'll do nothing but push it forward and make it better yeah, for everybody. And, and hopefully, hopefully this video gets you a couple dollars to buy a new alarm clock because your alarm clock yeah. Bro needs yeah. to go. <laughs> needs to go. Right. If anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, hit up Lucas's channel and he has a, a video about his alarm clock. Yeah, that <laughs> was that was partially like I guess it's me trying out the idea of doing funny things. Um, <laughs> and you are you're a funny guy, man. You're, dude, think, that yeah, video you make was me laugh. hilarious, yeah, bro. It's good stuff. Yeah, all your shit's hilarious. Yep. Um, Thanks. I, yeah. yeah, this this um this this actually means a lot and. Um, I love what you, what you guys are doing as well, and your enthusiasm, and the enthusiasm of everybody in the chat. In, in the chat, um, yeah, we got a great community in the VR community. Mm -hmm. Really do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so keep, keep doing what you're doing. We will do that. You keep doing the same. If uh, you, you always have a seat here on the Between Reality shit, man. Like anytime you're looking to chill, come and hang out. You are welcome. We'll, we'll cool. find room for you, brother. Yeah. Next VR project is episode four. And I think you're going to like that. So let's see. Awesome. Right, well, Super ex- excited, expect, to, man. expect to hear from me. Cool. <laughs> thank, thank you, everyone in the chat, for joining us today. Um, next week. Well, let's say let's say bye to Lucas first. We'll right, bring his monitor up. See you later, Lucas. Later, Thank dude. you so much, buddy. Bye. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Alex's monitor sound effect there. That's so good. Well, so next week we are very lucky to uh, have Rowdy Guy from the F Reality Podcast joining us. He is also a super funny dude and uh, has been making content on YouTube for a long time. Um, Great guy. We're stoked to have him on and yuck it up and joke around. And yeah, dude, he's a him. funny guy, and he's he's been a big part of the VR community, making videos and part of the F Reality podcast, and just you know, he's just a general good good dude. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you had good experiences with him when you met him in OC. Sites oh yeah, and he's it's like yeah. he's awesome. I yeah. hit him up to do the podcast, and he was like, "No, just kidding. Yes, of course I'll do it." You know? <laughs> he's like uh, immediately fucking around. So we're really excited to have him. There's yep. probably a 75 percent chance that that show will be pre-recorded. I think we got like a 25% oh, yeah. chance that it'll be live, um, but we might have to record the night before just because, you know, the time zone things and stuff like that. Yeah. So if we record before, Skiba can actually chill and watch chat. I guess yeah. I, I can do the same. He loves to do that because he's always yes. busy pushing buttons. Thanks again for being here. We're going to let you guys go. We will Bye. see you next week. Goodbye. You guys are the best. See you later.